The Yankees won their sixth consecutive series thanks to good pitching, because if they had to depend on their offense, they would have been in trouble. We'll talk about all three games against the Rangers. We'll spotlight really good pitching performances. We'll talk about some shocking pitching performances and the offensive offense. Did Mother Nature screw with the Yankees? We'll discuss all that and more next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, hit that like button on our videos. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. We have some things to discuss because the Yankees played a whirlwind series in about a three-game series in about 24 hours, thanks to Mother Nature. And by the way, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered with more props, odds, and lines this season than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Speaking of games, let's talk about the one that ended uh, a few hours ago now. I'm recording this. At 6.30 p.m. on Monday, I needed some time after the game to gather my thoughts. I'm just kidding. Um, What thoughts? My thoughts are Nestor Cortez is the ace of the Yankees staff. He keeps proving it every time he comes out. And he proved it again today by almost throwing a no-hitter against the Rangers. And I know, almost doesn't count unless it's horseshoes and hand grenades. Is that the saying that people always say? He looked... He's just unbelievable. He really is. I I don't understand how this man is doing this. We will go through his pitches. We will talk about the speed of his pitches because that is what always boggles my mind. It doesn't take much to boggle my mind, but that really boggles my mind. So let's go through this. Seven and one-third innings. One hit. Four walks. Eleven strikeouts. And his pitching performance was almost ruined by the offense not doing anything. But we'll talk about that in a second. So it's not just Jordan Montgomery. Although that happened to him yesterday. Sort of. And it happened to Garrett Cole also. What's going on, Yanks? I think it's, I think it's the three days off from Mother Nature. She, that, that was a problem. That was too much. That was too much. The, the off day was enough. They were already coming down a little bit, the offense. And then those two rain... Uh, cancellations from the rain screwed with them yeah so didn't screw with Nestor Cortez though he had 17 swings and misses today he led all pitchers with 17 John Gray had nine now where Nestor Cortez will not appear is top pitch velocity (laughs) he will never appear there Unless he's pitching against, you know, maybe high school kids. But even there, he might not even because these kids are throwing really hard now. He threw 103 pitches today in those seven and one-third innings. He threw 51 cutters. 
39 four-seam fastballs, seven sliders, four sinkers, two change-ups. This is according to Baseball Savant. Now let's go to the velocity because I love this so much about Nestor Cortez Jr. I talk about it all the time because I'm just boggled. My mind is boggled. I'm baffled. I'm just flabbergasted and gobsmacked every time I watch this man. (laughs) Because we're so used to seeing guys coming out throwing like Cole, you know, his average is like 98, you know, and seeing someone like Nestor Cortez Jr. throwing his four seam fastball, averaging 90.9 miles per hour. His max was 93. He dialed it up to 93. And his minimum on his four-seamer today, according to Baseball Savant, was 87.5. And his average on the year so far is 90.2. Yeah. His cutter was averaging 85.2. His slider, 75.2. His sinker, 89.9. His changeup, 81.7. So it's not like having a knuckleballer because those, you know, the balls don't spin and it's a very strange release and the way the ball carries itself. But I feel like opposing batters are so used to seeing flamethrowers that when someone like Nestor Cortez Jr. comes along, you think you're going to be able to get a hit off him and then you can't do it. It's some sort of voodoo. I don't know what it is, but it's fantastic, and I'm enjoying every second of this, and I don't want it to end. Please don't end anytime soon. (laughs) Now, just for some fun, let's look at the top pitch velocity for this game this afternoon, May 9th, 2022. Who do you think had all five pitches? Aroldis Chapman. 100.4, 100.2, 99.7, 99.0, 99.9, 100.4, Yeah. Now, Clay Holmes came in. He threw four pitches, four sinkers. <laughs> Got two swings. And his sinker averages, well, the average out of those four pitches today, 93.3. On the year, 96.1, so it dropped down a little bit. He's been pitching a bit, and I hope that Boone gives him a bit of a rest because Clay Holmes is leading the Yankees with wins. He has four. Just like we all predicted. We all predicted Clay Holmes would be leading the pitching staff in wins, and Nestor Cortez would pretty much be the ace of the Yankees staff. And speaking of Holmes... His ERA right now is a minuscule 0.61 on the season. Good for you. You need some rest, though. So hopefully Boone will rest him tomorrow. Please. Thank you. Now, the hitters. Only five hits today. One by Judge, one by Rizzo. Rizzo was the one that scored the run. Thank you, Rizzo. Uh, Got his 22nd run batted in. Joey Gallo had a hit. Josh Donaldson has a hit. Donaldson has a bit of a streak going on, a quiet hitting streak. But some things happened today that uh, Aaron Boone said he hadn't addressed yet. Both DJ LeMahieu and Josh Donaldson didn't run out a couple of ground balls, which is weird to see. So we'll see what happens with that. If there's any comments on it tomorrow, probably not. You know, I'm sure that 
the reporters might ask about it before tomorrow's game and see if there was any follow-up, but it just seemed odd with those two guys. Maybe they're just being careful and not wanting to injure themselves. So yes, the star of today's game was Nestor Cortez Jr. And I still don't know how he's doing it. We just went through how fast he throws, and I still don't get it, how people are not hitting him yet. Hopefully it won't happen. Hopefully he can keep this up all season. And if you want to bet on how he's going to do all season, maybe he'll win the Cy Young. Maybe he'll come out of nowhere and win the Cy Young. And if you want to do that, you can go to betonline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball. And if you bet on Rich Strike at 80 to 1 odds to win the Kentucky Derby, uh, congratulations. You're amazing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked on Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Now, if you want to make your next listen something Locked On related, go to Locked On Now. You'll get recaps of Major League Baseball games with analysis from our local experts who are taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Yay. So let's talk about yesterday. Doubleheader. We'll go through game one first, since that was the better one. <laughs> No, we'll go in order. We're going in order. So what are we talking about in game one? All right, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole looked good. He looked good. And the weather was kind of screwy yesterday. It wasn't, it wasn't really a great day. It looked cold. You know, by the end of the second game, Gleyber Torres looked like he was dressed for the Iditarod, you know. And I get it. It was windy and dampish and just not a great day. Today's weather was much better. And I was actually surprised that the offense didn't get things going. I thought with the warmer weather and the sunniness that maybe sunniness. Okay. That balls would be flying and they were not. Thankfully they weren't for the Rangers either, but they weren't for the Yankees. So (laughs) yeah. So let's discuss Garrett Cole. I almost forgot his name just for a second. I'm so sorry, Garrett. You know, um, your boy, Nestor Cortez Jr. is now the ace of the team, and I've kind of replaced him or replaced you with him. No offense, but, you know, he's been amazing. And I think Garrett Cole would say the same thing about Nestor Cortez Jr., that he has been amazing. So let's look at Cole because he had a really good game. Now, he had the top pitch velocity in the first game. All five pitches belonged to Garrett Cole. He also had the most swings, swing and misses by a lot. Dane Dunning had nine. Garrett Cole had 26 swing and misses. Garrett Cole's velocity, the top pitches, 100.6, 99.7, 99.7, 99.7, If you're not watching on YouTube, I just did a dance. So... Let's look at the velocity averages and all that good stuff, because that's always fun to look at. Plus, we can compare it to Nestor Cortez Jr., who I just spoke about. (laughs) Now, 
Cole threw 114 pitches, 53 of them were four-seam fastballs, 21 of them sliders, 19 knuckle curves, 11 cutters, 10 change-ups. Again, this is all according to Baseball Savant. His max on the four-seamer, I just read it, 100.6. His minimum, 94.0. His average, 98.2. That's a big difference between him and Nestor Cortez Jr., now, his year average is 97.6. The slider, he averaged 88 on the nose. The knuckle curve, 83.4. The cutter, 91.8. And the changeup, 89.4. That was the only pitch where his velocity was down. And his cutter was the same. His year average is 91.8. All of his other pitches, he was up slightly. So... Good for him. Now, I don't, I'm not good at reading spin rates. I am not going to attempt that. So um, I'm just telling you now that that doesn't compute in my brain. No. <laughs> I, uh, it's just not a thing for me. So, yeah. Then Jonathan Loisica came in. He threw 17 pitches. Clay Holmes came in, obviously, because Clay Holmes seems to be pitching in every game, threw 13 pitches. Now, the thing about Loisica. He averaged 97 on his sinker. Now, he only threw eight of them, but still, a 97-mile-an-hour sinker. And Clay Holmes' sinker, he threw nine of them, according to Baseball Savant. And his average was 95.4. Like, what? So Clay Holmes got the win in this game as well because... Texas tied the game on Garrett Cole's last pitch. Cole Calhoun. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> but is it unbelievable? Yes, it is unbelievable. Um, it's baseball. These things happen. And, you know, kept them at 1-1. Thank goodness. And that set up the Glaber Torres walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth. Now, I will say about Torres, I liked that it went to the opposite field. I don't like that it looked like he was falling over when he hit it because I feel like when he's swinging like that, he's kind of swinging out of his shoes and falling over, that he's not hitting as well, but that ball just kept going and going. Now, Chris Wood Woodward, I keep doing Woodward, Chris Woodward, manager of the Texas Rangers, had some things to say about Glaber Torres' home run, not flattering, and he claims he was joking. And it kind of seemed like he was joking, but he didn't need to say it. He said that Yankee Stadium was a little league park and that Gleyber Torres' home run would have been a home run in 99% of major league parks. Now, the thing that's amusing about this is it wasn't as if Cole Calhoun hit the crap out of the ball. It only went 350 feet. And Gleyber Torres's actually went farther than Cole Calhoun's home run. So take that, Chris Woodward. Yes, the Yankees have a bit of a it's it's a sore spot, I guess, because people are always complaining about the shorts, the short porch. But here's the thing about the short porch. They don't move the fences back when your team is batting. So what are you complaining about? 
And this dates back to when the stadium first opened. Terry Collins used to have a lot of crap to talk about when the Mets played the Yankees. He was always complaining about the short porch. And then when one of his players literally bounced a ball off the wall into the short porch, Collins was surprisingly silent. Because of course he was. So yeah, Torres' home run went 369. Cole Calhoun's went 355 in the Yankees' Little League Park. Anyway, I just find it amusing. I mean, keep complaining. Again, they don't move the fences back for your team, so maybe you should have your team try and hit for the short porch, which you did in the second game, because that's kind of how you won the game. One of your hitters hit it into the short porch, and it went barely anywhere, and we will get into that in the next segment But first, guess what time it is? That's right. It's time for me to gush about Built Bar. Summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. And Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacation. Throw them in your bag, your kid's backpack. Make sure everyone has a bar so you're fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bar, they're healthy and delicious, and there's no more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. It's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the Puffs? They're amazing. Get the churro. I keep talking about how good the churro puff is. Please believe me, I'm not lying to you. And if you go to Built.com, you can get all of your favorite Built Bar flavors, including banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and my all-time favorite, mint brownie. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. Go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Let's talk about yesterday's... Second game of the doubleheader because something shocking and horrifying happened. No, not horrifying, but it was shocking, I will say, because we have been talking up this man all season. And Michael King showed that he was human. What? You should have. I'm surprised you didn't hear me screaming in my house because I could not believe I saw what I saw. Michael King gave up a home run. Not only that. Now his ERA is 1.42. A bloated 1.42. Brad Miller, how dare you? How dare you do that to sweet Michael King? He looked so deflated after that game yesterday. How dare you? Now let's, I'm going to look at the pitch. Because... I'm still just flabbergasted. 95.3 miles per hour. Michael King, Brad Miller. There we go. Okay. Four-seam fastball, kind of in, which was shocking. Uh, 95.3 miles per hour. The exit velocity was 107. And yeah, he hit a home run off Michael King How dare you, Brad Miller? Texas went up 4-2 in that inning, in the seventh inning. And I think the Yankees were in such shock that Michael King (laughs) 
gave up a home run that they couldn't do anything in the bottom of the seventh, eighth, or ninth. They also only had three hits all game. A combination of Richards, Moore, Santana, Martin, and Barlow shut down the Yankees after Glenn Otto left the game. And Glenn Otto, famous for being in the Joey Gallo trade, held the Yankees to two runs on two hits, three walks, two strikeouts, gave up the home run to Stanton. Things were looking good with that home run to Stanton. Otto lasted five innings. And then the rest of those guys shut down the Yankees. Only gave up one hit. Moore gave up a hit. Unbelievable. Jordan Montgomery, two runs on four hits in six innings. No walks. That's one thing you keep seeing from Jordan Montgomery. Five strikeouts. Gave up a home run to Eli White. That was the Eli White. I think the Eli White home run was the one that barely went anywhere. Yeah, because Brad Miller went 406 feet. So the Jordan Montgomery pitch to Eli White was a sinker. It was kind of out and up. And Eli White hit it 342 feet. Again, less than Glaber Torres' 369 feet. Woodward. And the Yankees end up losing 4-2. So it's the only game they drop. They win two out of three in the series. Two out of three ain't bad. And they win their sixth consecutive series. But because of the pitching, not because of the offense. The offense needs to get it together. I really think the three days off hurt them a lot. You would think that having three days off and resting would be okay. But no, that did not help the hitters. It helps pitchers. It doesn't help hitters. And we're seeing it. They need to snap out of this. Now, luckily for them, the Jays lost on Sunday. The Red Sox lost. The Red Sox were swept by the White Sox, by the way, this weekend. Yeah, poor Sully, locked on MLB host. He's upset about the Red Sox not doing so great. I don't trust that they're going to be this bad all season. They're not. It's 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 not possible. It really isn't. They're annoying. And he's upset with Nestor Cortez Jr. looking like a Cy Young candidate. But hey, he does. And what are you going to do about it, Sully? Can't do anything. And the Blue Jays lost yesterday. Did they lose the series to the Guardians? Yeah, the rest of the AL East is not doing great which is fun for the Yankees so far, but the Yankees really need to start hitting. We need it to happen soon. Now today, after the Yankees, because the Yankees were, uh, were they the only day game today? I thought there was another one. And the Rays are out in Anaheim to play the Angels. And I think the Orioles, oh right, the Orioles played today. They beat the Royals. The Orioles are 12 and 17. The Red Sox are worse than the Orioles right now, which is amazing. They're 10 and 19. Again, I don't think this is going to stick. You know, the Red Sox can be annoying and um, don't dance on their grave yet. Yankee fans do not make that mistake. Don't ever make that mistake. I made that mistake in 2004 in the ALCS. Don't make that mistake. It's too early. It's only May 9th. It is way too early to think that they're out of this. If they're still horrible, and when I say horrible, under 500. When the All-Star break happens, 
maybe you can think, okay, they might not snap out of this. But it is, no, it's too early. Don't do that yet. Listen to the old person here who has seen a lot of baseball, who's dealt with the Red Sox doing certain things. Just, no, don't dance on their grave yet. It's too soon. Now, as for the offense, like I said, Josh Donaldson, I believe, has a 10-game hitting streak. Anthony Rizzo got his 22nd RBI to win the game today. The whole one nothing. The Yankees are still doing well. It's just we want them to do better. We want them to win by a lot. We want it to be the type of game where we sit there and aren't holding on to our butts in the ninth inning because we're afraid that Chapman is going to finally blow something. Because that day's coming. You know it is. He's not going to have a zero ERA the whole season. And it's going to happen in spectacular fashion. Don't know when. Don't know how. Don't know who's going to do it to him. But it's going to happen. It's a guarantee. No one has a zero ERA for an entire season. And especially not a role to Chapman. So just be prepared for that. But I would like for the offense to score four runs, maybe. That'd be great. Um, On tomorrow's show, we will preview their next series, which starts tomorrow against the Blue Jays. They're welcoming the Blue Jays back. And we'll have the pitching matchups which they all seem to be... Oh, I spoke too soon. Thursday is not set. Tomorrow and Wednesday, that matchup, those two matchups are set. Thursday, both... Wait a minute. I'm so confused. Oh, excuse me. Blue Jays is only two games. That's right. Then the Yankees welcome in the White Sox on Thursday for a four-game series. Hopefully there won't be any rain. There shouldn't be any rain. Actually, the weekend looks really good weather-wise. Heading into the weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like, you know, around 80 here in the New York area. So maybe balls will start flying and hopefully it won't be for the other team. It will be just for the Yankees. So yeah, that's a short two-game series with the Blue Jays that we will preview on tomorrow's show. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please watch and subscribe to us on YouTube and like our videos. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Monday, and we will talk to you tomorrow. 